everyone, and welcome to the uh, Kennedy Podcast's AEW Dynamite Review. Uh, we've got quite the show for you this week, and we're finally back. Um, I've got, you know, I took a little break, and I have my reasons for that. Um, you know, I just started school, so things got a little stressful there. And, you know, but I'm back. I'd like to start doing these more regularly. Um... And yeah, so that's what I plan to do. Um, you know, I'm a very happy guy recently because AEW has been absolutely killing it. And as a through and through AEW fan, that makes me very happy that they're doing so well. Um, so we're just going to get into the show because there's a lot to cover here. So we started things off with CM Punk joining the booth um you know a lot has changed in AEW and yeah I mean CM Punk joined the company and Brian Danielson joined the company and Adam Cole joined the company all this happened while I was gone and well I'm just I'm really pissed that I didn't get that but you know I was going to come back next week and review Grand Slam, but I was I was just too tired. Um, but yeah, CM Punk joins the commentary booth to kick off the show. Great commentary throughout the show, but action-wise, we kicked off with Adam Cole taking on Jungle Boy. This was a really good match and a great match to start out the show. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I I, think, you know, Adam Cole and Jungle Boy, they had phenomenal, um, they had phenomenal chemistry, and, you know, they absolutely killed it out there tonight, and I think, you know, Tony Khan couldn't have really asked for a better opening match out of, uh, these two men, um, yeah, I really love this, um, and I'm so glad that they got this opportunity to do this, uh, this thing, um, and they did, you know, just, a, just a really great job, um, so, you know, I, uh, we, there were a couple highlights throughout the match, there was, um, you know, it was just flying all over the place, uh, uh Jungle Boy kept running into super kicks right to the face, and, you know, that was, uh, that was pretty much the story of the match. It seemed like Adam Cole kind of had um, Jungle Boy scouted throughout the match. Um, but, you know, he kind of... Jungle Boy was kind of able to come back sometimes, you know, get himself collected. Um, so, yeah, it made for a really interesting match dynamic. Um... You know, these two men just really beat each other and, you know, made the best out of a fantastic match. Um, I gave it four stars. I I gave the match last week, the Kenny versus Brian Danielson match, which was absolutely incredible, by the way. Um, well, I gave that like four and a four and a four and three quarter stars. I didn't want to quite give it five stars because that's my like this match was great perfect and it had no flaws with it and i don't think i've seen a match like that in years um but yeah i'm gonna give this match four stars i think these two 
turned out a great performance, and I'm so glad to be seeing this out of them because they're both tremendously talented. I love Adam Cole. I've loved Adam Cole since he debuted in NXT, and, uh, you know, I still love him now that he's in AEW. Um, well, we continued on to the night with The Elite, The Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega, and Gallows and Anderson, and Don Callis, and Michael Nakazawa, and the whole nine yards joining Adam Cole in the ring. They, um, you know, they mocked Jungle Boy a little bit, and then they mocked Brian Danielson. Kenny Omega said Brian Danielson would never see him face-to-face -face in that ring again. And, of course, who came out but Brian Danielson? Uh, Brian Danielson said that Kenny had no balls and he wouldn't accept a rematch with him. But, you know, Brian wanted to see if any other members of the Elite would accept his challenge. Uh, and it turns out, well, he, he laid out a challenge for them at AEW Rampage. And it turned out that Nick Jackson was actually the one who accepted that challenge. So we will see Brian Danielson going one-on-one -on -one with Nick Jackson on Rampage this week. Um very exciting stuff and yeah i mean it's gonna be a great match i can tell uh, i'll probably be watching honestly um i didn't get to watch the full rampage grand slam because it would have gone until midnight and i really can't be staying up that late um but yeah i mean phenomenal stuff really enjoyed the match really enjoyed the post-match promo all that stuff really glad that all these people are getting screen time you know because they wouldn't in wwe i hate to keep comparing them to wwe but yeah they're giving all these talented people screen time which i'm so happy about we then have the lucha bros backstage who are both the aew and triple a tag team champions um you know Andrade El Idolo came out and mentioned that they hadn't defended those AAA tag team titles in a hot minute. I haven't seen Andrade on AEW in a little while. I hope that doesn't mean they're underutilizing him as they have like FTR and Brian Cage. But yeah, um, I hope I hope he gets to show off his talents sooner rather than later. Um, so yeah. Uh, enjoyable promo here um just a quick promo segment to keep the night going we then moved on to another match as we saw dante martin and matt seidel taking on cody and lee johnson you know this is sort of emphasizing the idea and the narrative that cody is not listening to arn anderson and is not listening to the nightmare family because he is just he's making stupid mistakes and you know of course, Cody and Lee Johnson ended up taking the win in this match, but, you know, probably not the way they wanted to do it. Cody obviously getting into a bit of a spat with Arn Anderson post-match. Um, Arn said, like, yeah, Cody, you're not paying attention. He even called Cody a loser. Um, and, you know, he said this really weird line about, if you, if so, if you stopped at a red light and somebody tried to steal your car you'd say okay just don't hurt me i'd pull the glock out and spill his brains in the sidewalk and i'm like okay arn he's still like a big muscular man and could probably beat the shit out of any guy who would steal his car you know he's cody he's got that iron gut he can't be punched in it otherwise your arm will disintegrate 
But, you know, I guess so. I guess you can use your gun and kill them. I guess that works, too. But, like, yeah, I mean, that's sort of making Cody seem like a little bit of a loser. But, like, I don't think that would actually happen. Because, like, he's a muscular man. And I think that it's weird that Arn Anderson's just kind of ignoring that. Thinking he's, like, some weak little dude. But, like, he's not. It's so weird. The whole promo was really weird at... I dig that they're leaning into the whole Cody isn't very popular thing and that fans are starting to hate him and that's starting to get to him. But I don't, you know, I don't understand this promo. And I I wish that Arn Anderson would be a little bit more clear with why he was mad with Cody Rhodes. Because if he said, like, you're letting the opinions of the fans get to you, um... But he's like, he's not being clear about why he's mad at Cody, about why Cody is slipping up. He's saying that Cody's slipping up, but he's not saying why. Um, you know, he's, he's saying, you know, I listened to the Busted Open podcast and they were saying on that, or I don't, I don't listen to that, but my dad does. And I was listening to it with him in the car and he was saying that, oh, Cody's unfocused and that's leading to him making stupid mistakes in the ring because he's focused on his reality show, he's focused on the Go Big Show, and whatever. Um, but then he's also here like, you're letting the fans get to you, so you really need to pick a lane with that, sort of. You can't go with, oh, he's unfocused because of a reality show, but oh, he's also unfocused because the fans hate him. You need to either be like, I think it's more interesting if you're like, oh, he's unfocused because the fans hate him, um, but you know, you know, if, if it's going to be, he's unfocused because of, you know, his Hollywood commitments, that needs to be what you run with and not just like, oh, either or really, because it's not either or it's very important to the context of the story. Why Cody is doing this, why Cody's slipping up and being less careful in his matches. Um, and I know Arn Anderson isn't, like, a bad promo, but I just, I wish he'd be more clear on what it is that Cody's doing that annoys him. We had John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, and Darby Allen teaming up to take on Anthony Green and Bear Country. This was kind of a squash match. It's the same thing that happened with 2.0 a few months ago, though that spiraled into a whole big feud thing. Um, yeah, but it's the same thing that really happened with 2.0 a few months ago, where they just, it, this just seemed like a thing to get Moxley and Kingston and Darby on the show, rather than an actual well-put-together match, and a well-built-to match. I don't know why I was really supposed to care about this match, other than, ooh, it's another win for Kingston and Moxley and Darby. It's kind of a shame to me that Moxley's a former AEW world champion and he has to resort to buildless squash matches to to get on TV. I wish Moxley and Kingston had a program that they could actually work. Um, you know, there are plenty of tag teams in AEW that aren't doing anything right now, so you could conceivably give them a program against them. Do it against FTR. That would be a great feud. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. This is just kind of a pointless squash match. Darby didn't even do much. He kind of, he, he did a few dives onto the team. I don't know anything about Bear Country. I don't know anything about Anthony Green. They all seem like dark guys who just kind of go on dark and maybe win occasionally, but are mostly there to put the guys they want to start putting on Dynamite over. Um, but I guess they're starting to put these guys on Dynamite. I like how AEW works with that whole thing, because it's like, you know, you start on dark jobbing, and then you slowly move up to dynamite and getting bookings with that. And I really like that. I think that's a really great way to go about it. It's what WWE kind of wishes they could do with, like, main event, or, you know, they wish they could do with, like, velocity or heat. You know, you start out on velocity or heat or main event and then slowly as the fans start to know you more because people watch dark uh, more than people i think watched velocity or watch main event because um, nobody freaking watches main event if you tell me you watch main event you're a gosh darn liar because you know you're seeing the same the problem with main event is you're seeing the same guys you would on raw but just in a lower stakes match because you know it's on main event and nobody's gonna care that they won the match because nobody watches main event um i saw recently that carrying cross was on main event that rubs me up all the wrong way but that's whatever that's wwe but yeah like i don't know i didn't really get the point in this squash match i give it two stars because like it's sad that they have to resort to a pointless squash to get Moxley, Kingston, and Darby on the card. Um, but yeah, I mean, Darby, this isn't the last we saw of Darby tonight. Um, anyway, next up we had a six-way tag team match. It was the HFO versus Orange, Cassidy, and the Dark Order. I can't name all the members of the Dark Order because, yeah... The Dark Order came out tonight with a big chip on their shoulder because, of course, this was the Brody Lee Memorial show. Um, so it, a lot of pressure on the Dark Order to deliver on this night and win for Brody Lee. Um, and they started falling apart. It seemed like Evil Uno was about to leave, but then Amanda Huber, um, negative one, and um, what's his name? Oh, yeah. Ty Conti and Anna Jay came out to the stage, and they were like, no, you get back in that ring, and you do your thing. You need to win this match for him. And then after that, the Dark Order started working like a well-oiled machine. Again, seemed like another thing to just get Orange Cassidy on the card by being in this match, but he didn't do much. He just kind of sat there um, while the Dark Order did their thing. So the Dark Order did do their thing they did this thing on the guy named i think george jugo who looked like the rock like a, exactly like the rock uniform and tights and everything i thought it was the rock when i first saw him i was like what's the rock doing in the ring and then i was like oh it's that guy um i don't know who that guy is um but yeah they covered the guy pinned him Dark Order and Orange Cassidy get the win. There was a lot of speculation that the former Bray Wyatt, who, um, I don't know, has a new name now, I don't know what it is, um, that he would be showing up on the show tonight. Uh, that didn't end up happening. 
um, instead, he, you know, he didn't show up, um, Dark Order picked up the win, seemed like they maybe had the United front, but there may be some room for tension in the Dark, Ooh, sorry, in the Dark Order, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, we'll see how that develops and where that goes, uh, hopefully it goes somewhere, hopefully they don't just, like, move it away, um, but yeah, uh, moving on with the night, um, hold on one second, just booting up my notes here, um, next up, we saw a promo for Leo Rush, who I thought was retired, um, I guess he's not, um, he might be, I don't know, it's weird that they would show a promo package for a guy who's not gonna wrestle, um, but from what I've heard, he's retired and can't wrestle anymore. Um, so if he can't, or if he shouldn't, I hope he doesn't. Um, there was a lot of speculation that he was going to go back to WWE and be with Bobby Lashley, but no, that that obviously hasn't panned out because he's in AEW right now. Um, so I don't know. I guess we'll see where that goes. Just a little interesting thing. I like Leo Rush, I guess. Um, I haven't really seen much of Leo Rush. So, you know, I hope to see a little bit more of him in AEW. Yeah. Um, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, yeah, we'll see where that goes. Um, just a little interesting thing. I don't know. Next up, we had Dan Lambert and the Men of the Year. Now, I absolutely love this gimmick. I'm not a big fan of Ethan Page. I love... I like Scorpio Sky. I think, you know, he's he's got some potential. I like Dan Lambert. I like him as a manager. Um, I like how kind of annoying he is because he's a good heel because it's like shut up dude um you know he's very good and reminiscent of like a boomer uh, and i hate to use the term boomer a lot like you know you got the whole okay boomer thing which i think is kind of apropos because sometimes you know you have like you have like people who are annoying about stuff um but you know I hate to just say boomer and not categorize it um, with something, but yeah, no, sometimes it's just the word you can use to describe it, but I like how it's like, oh, you damn millennials, I, I like that part, I think that's interesting, and I think it's just a very interesting gimmick, I like it. Uh, they cut a promo on Chris Jericho, who they beat up on Rampage with their other UFC guys. Um, yeah, I just like this whole act, and I hope it goes somewhere, because maybe it'll make Ethan Page tolerable to watch for a little bit. I really don't like him. Um, he cut a promo tonight. He just sounds like an idiot. I don't enjoy hearing him speak. I think he's an incre- I think he's got an incredibly boring voice. And, you know, when he said, oh, I've got two black belts in martial arts, I felt like I was going to absolutely fall asleep. Because, um, yeah, I'm really tired right now. But if you couldn't tell. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm hopped up on AEW hype, uh, I guess. Um, yeah, I have school in the morning. So, I mean, we'll see how this podcast goes without in the future but anyway yeah dan lambert 
pretty interesting promo. Enjoyed it. I like Scorpio Sky a lot. I kind of hope he drops Ethan Page soon because I don't like Ethan Page. I think he's kind of annoying. But, yeah, I don't know. I could see this tag team maybe going somewhere one day. Um, we have Ty Conti and uh, Anna Jay taking on the Bunny and um, Penelope Ford. This match was really enjoyable, surprisingly enjoyable, considering I didn't really have any interest in any of these women a few months ago. But yeah, I mean, just a really enjoyable match. Uh, great, great chemistry between both teams. I think the Bunny and Penelope Ford look or have very good team chemistry. Same with Ty Conti and Anna Jay. Um, just a really fluid, enjoyable match. I just want to point out how far AEW's women women's division has come. Um, you know, when I first started this podcast, you know, about a year and three months ago, AEW's women's division was nothing. Like, it was three women and, you know, pretty much no one else. Um, but then, you know, they started bringing over women from other promotions and they got Britt Baker at the helm of the division. And now they got Ruby Soho. So, yeah, just they've got a really good women's division going. And I can't wait to see where they go. Ty Conti and Anna Jay pick up the win. Um, nice win for them. They've kind of been losing lately to Bunny and um, Penelope Ford. So I'm glad they got the win here. Because I, I like Ty Conti. I think she has a bright future. Same with Anna Jay. Um... But yeah, I mean, I enjoyed this match. Next up, oh, I, I should give a rating. Three, three and a quarter stars. Um, next up, we had... Um, we had Ruby Soho and Britt Baker having a promo. Obviously, Britt Baker beat Ruby Soho to retain her AEW Women's World Championship last week at AEW Dynamite Grand Slam. In a very enjoyable match. Um, so she said, back of the line. Um, so don't expect to see Ruby Soho challenging for that title anytime soon. Um, next week is the AEW, well, AEW Dynamite one-year anniversary. So apparently they're having another casino ladder match. They're having, um, they're having a big eight-man. We're having Hikaru Shida attempting to get her 50th victory. Anyway, next up on the card was, um, well, MJF came out for a promo after his big win over, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. last week on Dynamite Grand Slam, and in, in another very enjoyable match. Last week's Grand Slam had a lot of good matches on it, um, so yeah, um, he comes out, he says, you know, there are some cornerstones of AEW. There's some pillars of AEW. Um, Sammy Guevara beat him. Jungle Boy beat him. Darby Allen, whatever. And then he said the most important pillar, the youngest man to ever uh, made event in AEW pay-per-view, the uh, two-time Dynamite Diamond winner, MJF. Uh, and then he said... I, you know, Tony, we're friends. Tony Khan, he's obviously referring to. But, you know, if you don't give me the right thing, I have another friend, um, you know, from my old MLW days. And the fans started chanting CM Punk because, you know, 
MJF met CM Punk when he was, you know, little. Um, but, you know, he said, no, it's not CM Punk. Um, it's Bruce Pritchard, who is obviously a, um, I think he's like the head writer for WWE. So, ooh, little tease. Maybe MJF's going to AEW. He's not. Not AEW. Maybe MJF's going to WWE. He's not. But, you know, maybe. But then Darby Allen came out. Uh, MJF made a reference to Darby's uncle dying in a car crash. And he said, the wrong man died that night. Darby said, yeah, I won't let you break me mentally. And MJF took that as a challenge and left. Um, so, yeah, very interesting segment. Um, glad these two are finally going to be in a feud together because, you know, it seems like they've been teasing that for a while. You know, they've been kind of two cornerstones of AEW who have kind of just missed each other a lot. Um, but, yeah, really enjoyed this promo, this whole segment. Darby, it's getting better on the mic, I think. He wasn't very good when he first started, but I think he's getting a lot better on the mic, honestly. Main event time, TNT Championship on the line as Miro defends against Sammy Guevara. What a match. What a main event. Not as good as the opening match, but, you know, very good. Actually, I'll say as good as the opening match. Yeah, I'll say as good, but not better than the opening match. These two just really gelled really well together. Sammy, you know, I was just behind Sammy the whole match. I was like, come on, Sammy. Come on, Sammy. And they teased it wasn't going to happen. Miro countered his finisher a bunch of times. You know, they're really playing up Miro's neck injury, which I think is really intelligent booking. Um, but then, finally, he hit the GTH on Miro. He hit the 630 Centon. One, two, three. Yes! Sammy Guevara is the TNT freaking champion. I couldn't be happier. I love Sam and Guevara, and I love, you know, just his look, you know, his personality, his mic skills. I think he's got a bright-ass future ahead of him. And, you know, this is just the beginning of Sammy Guevara's journey, the TNT championship. And I can tell he's going to have many more championships in the future, and I sure as hell hope so. This was a great match. Four stars to this as well. Great night of action overall, except for the weird squash match. Yeah, just a lot of good matches, good action. That's what AEW's been churning out a lot lately, and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying finally seeing... I'm enjoying finally seeing good wrestling again. WWE has mildly good wrestling sometimes, but... AEW is starting to churn out consistently very good wrestling, and I'm just very happy to finally see that on my TV again. So, yeah, I'm going to give this whole show 4 out of 5. Very interesting. I'm sure Brody Lee would have loved that this was dedicated to him. And, yeah, um, just a very good show. I loved it from top to bottom. I'm enjoying AEW more and more every single week, and I'm so glad I started this podcast, and I'm so glad that I'm restarting it up now because this is the time. Um, so this is Dan from Kennedy Podcast AEW Dynamite Review, and I hope you have yourself a great week.